You're listening to Revive the World Ministries podcast. Thanks for listening. We hope this message encourages you to be all God created you to be so that you can impact the world around you with the love and power of God. For more information about us, you can visit our website at revivetheworld.us or visit us in person each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. We hope to connect with you soon. get messed up when his presence is very tangible and I have a bunch of a room full of people and people that are online that just just value the presence of God right we have a God that's to not only be heard about this is not an intellectual gospel well, we live in an intellectual world where people think knowledge is power and knowing things is important but knowing the one who created the universe is way more important and the gospel is not to be understood with our minds, um, but it, it, though it is to be heard, it gets received into our spirits and then it processed through our minds because a God who would send his son to die for the whole world uh, is a kind of love that doesn't make sense to the human mind. And so along with that, God must be experienced. His love is experiential. We have an experiential gospel. And some of us experience him in different ways. Um, as long as we're experiencing him, I don't care what it looks like. <laughs> because when I experience him, I begin to demonstrate the fruit of the one I am experiencing. Whoever I, I you, any of y'all went to youth group, I didn't. But um, I wasn't, and I was, that was BC for me, that was before Christ for me. But some of y'all used to hear youth pastors say, that show me three of your friends and I'll show you your future. It's a, it's a Bible verse. It's in 1 Corinthians 15, I believe. Evil company corrupts good character, which is true, right? Um, so that, that shows us that who, whoever I am hanging out with the most, I'm either impacting them or they're impacting me. There's no middle ground, right? Somebody's being impacted. Somebody's being influenced. Let me say it that way. You hang around with somebody so long, even if you hung around with somebody that was from the South, you hung out long enough. Some people it only takes a week or maybe two weeks, a little bit longer, and you begin to, to take on a different type of, of accent than most of us Midwesterners have, even though there's a whole bunch of hillbillies right here in the Midwest. <laughs> right, I'm, I'm with you. I grew up running hills and hollers and in creeks, and I... Yeah, that's just, <laughs> that's, that's me and heart. But I'm just telling you that, so when I'm, I'm with him, when I'm experiencing him, people are going to know it. But the outward evidence of my life, it's just beautiful. And that's why I, I look, I just, I choose to have an encounter with God every day. I was, the other day, you know, I'm, I'm like, I'm just going to, I'm going to encounter God. I can choose to encounter him. You say, how, well, how can you choose to encounter God? I am glad you asked. <laughs> it's because I know that he actually wants to. He wants to meet with me and love on me more than I want him to. And when I have accurate theology of who God is, that he's not distant, that he's right here with me, that I know that every day I can experience his love. <laughs> sometimes when I'm trying and sometimes when I'm not. It's not, the, it's not the goal. The reason I'm, 
I don't want to just have an experience. My experience turns into a, to a lifestyle. It's beautiful. Revival is what I'm going to continue to talk about today. And all that is a preface of, of, of the topic of revival. And before I go any further, I wanted everybody that uh, if you have physical pain in your body, this goes for y'all online too. If you've got physical pain in your body, will you raise your hand? If you're hurting like right now, you're hurting now, physical pain. Is there some a big group of people that are healthy? Three of you, four of you, anybody else in the room got pain in their body right now? I one time made the mistake of thinking that a bu- we had, because the age demographic in the room is a little younger than what I am. But I remember being at a youth, youth conference, and, and uh, it was youth camp, and there were like 75 high school age students. And I'm like, I got a word of knowledge on, on pain. And I'm like, none of these kids are going to have pain. And like 95% of those kids rose their, <laughs> their hand. I'm like, what have y'all been doing? <laughs> they had been cooped up in the house and been playing ultimate Frisbee and basketball during that week. And so they were... <laughs> So if you've got pain in your body, I just want you to stand to your feet. If you're at home and you can stand, that's great. If you can't stand, don't worry about it. Jesus will still heal you. Go ahead and stand up if you've got pain, if you've got physical pain. If, if you can't stand, that's okay. And um, because of, not only because of the time we live in right now, um, most of you guys are okay with people touching you, but I want you just to lay hands on yourself. And everybody in the room, I want you to pray with me. But I'm, I'm do, I felt like God wanted to demonstrate something. And so I just want you to pray for yourself. Just command the pain to leave in Jesus' name. Real simply. Yeah, thank you, Holy Spirit, for coming in this moment. Thanks for bringing healing to everybody that's online that needs it. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for healing bodies right now. Thanks for coming in with your love. Right now in this moment and doing, yeah, and getting to the source of the pain. Thank you so much. Yeah, we, yeah, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thanks, Jesus. All right. I want you to check it out and tell me if, if you got, if is it less, 50% or more better? More better. Is it better at all? Anybody? Raise your hand. Better? Better? Somewhat better? Any better? completely better? It doesn't hurt at all? Yeah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. All right, you can go ahead and sit down. We're going to pray for y'all one more time. How are you? Johnny, how's the pain? Same? Better? Worse? About the same? Let's pray one more time. Good? Really? Yes. Thank you, Jesus. All right, let's pray one more time. Just lay hands on yourself. Pray with me. Thanks. Yeah, we just release your peace right now, Holy Spirit. Thanks for coming as the spirit of peace. Thanks for lifting the effects of stress right now. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for what you're doing. Thanks, Jesus. Thanks for holding them, hugging them, releasing your love into them right now in Jesus' name. Thanks for the source of the pain being healed. Jesus' name. Thanks, Lord. If you're experiencing healing online, we want you to type it in the, in the message box too, if you would, please. Thank you, Lord.
Thanks, Jesus. Peace. All right. You feel good? You? Yes. Thanks, Jesus. A little bit better in the neck? You had neck pain too? And it's better? Okay. Okay. Awesome. Thanks, Jesus. Yay. Come on. Yes. We celebrate that. Yeah, you can clap. It's appropriate. What we celebrate, we set ourselves up to see. All right. Keep praying. Just keep, yeah, we'll just keep releasing peace over you. Johnny, believe it, or just keep on, just like Jesus, keep on getting better. Thank you, Lord. I just felt like he wanted y'all to lay hands on yourself. It's just to show you that it's not about who's standing with, up in front with the mic, that every single one of you have, have the Spirit of God on the inside. Even every one of you are powerful. You're powerful people, right? There's been a lot of emphasis on gifts in the body of Christ and, and the 1 Corinthians 12 gifts, and they're really important. And the gifts of, the gifts of healing are in there. Gifts uh, are plural. Of healing is, is in that, but every believer has on the inside of them the power of God to heal. And so we want to balance the emphasis on the gifts and the fact that every person that has the Spirit of God is capable of anything that the Spirit of God wants to do in any given moment. So that you're not looking around for somebody that's gifted and you realize, oh, I'm powerful, right? I'm powerful because the, the greatest power in the world lives on the inside of me. Last week I talked about the power to choose. That's, a, that's, a, that's, that's some serious power right there. We live in a, a great nation that allows us to choose. We also live in a kingdom that allows us to choose. Sometimes he directs us in the, in the ways that we should choose just because he's good. We choose, we choose the things that are going to benefit us, and He helps us with that. And so I never want us to think for a moment that it's about one person, but it's about us. John Wimber uh, had this saying that, and the vineyard has, has kept a hold of it over the decades since you know, Wimber started to teach it in the 80s, is that everybody gets to play. That means that there's, no, there's nobody on the bench in Christianity. I like what Todd White says, is that Christianity is a full-contact sport. It's interesting saying right now in this in this day and age where a lot a lot of people are a little you know a little scared about you getting that close to them, but realize but realize this is that you don't have to be close to them, you don't have to be in the same room or even on the same continent for God to do something in somebody's life. <laughs> I, I remember people getting healed through the screen in, in Pakistan when we were on a live video feed, and the video feed was super sketchy because their, their internet is not great, like. <laughs> Any of you that value Wi-Fi may have a very difficult time in some of those countries. <laughs> but they, it, I, I, I mean, God was just, he was reiterating the fact that I can, I, I'm, I'm omnipresent. I, I can do anything, anywhere. I'm looking for somebody, someone, anyone to engage with me in what I want to do in the earth today. He's looking for somebody to partner with. Right? He doesn't have to do it that way. He's just chosen to do it that way. I know he doesn't need me. He's shown me that many, many times. But we get to do this together. Right? He didn't have to send Jesus. He could have done it another way. But he chose to do it within the realm of the natural of what the law required as a perfect sacrifice. <laughs> he had a plan from the beginning, and we get to be a part of it. Isn't that, isn't that exciting? <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm glad six of you are excited about that. <clears throat> I hope to be able to ex excite the rest of you before it's over. 
Because I do believe that today that we're gonna. This is the last Sunday of the year, and I believe that we're gonna we're gonna end this year better, uh, stronger than we started. <clears throat> I felt it in worship. <clears throat> Some people ask, have asked me the question, and I've posed the question myself before: Is that how could it be raining and still people not get wet? How's it possible? Let me say it this way. How's it possible for the Spirit of God to be moving in a place and, and people not be moved? I believe there's, there's reasons why, why that happens. It's not that everybody's outward evidence of being moved on by the Holy Spirit looks the same. We, I, talk about that, I talk about that occasionally when I feel prompted by the Holy Spirit of, of being free to be you in a revival culture. Because we flip, flop, roll, laugh, yell... Sit still, not move, you know, reserved. We're the whole, the whole gamut of weird, wild, and crazy. <laughs> but years ago, we said, God, come do whatever you want. And then he just freaked me out with what he came and did. <laughs> and he's still doing it. I'm just not freaked out anymore. <clears throat> Doesn't mean I don't get a little uncomfortable at times. But he, he's God, and we just want him to be. We just want him to be himself, all right. When you when you go to somebody's house that's hospitable, and they say, "Just act like this is is your house," you know, they're like, "Get in the fridge." People made that mistake when I was a teenager coming over there. They're like, "Get in the fridge." You don't. We want a couple teenage boys getting in your fridge and eating whatever they want. You be out of groceries real quick. <laughs> But when, when they say that, they're just saying, you're, you're free to be yourself here. Just act like it's your house. And we want Holy Spirit to be able to do that here so that it translates in my everyday life. So the, I say to him, you can do whatever you want. I don't, I don't care what it looks like. I've, I've surrendered my, my, my rights. I've checked my, checked my rights. <laughs> and, and let you have all of, of those things. My will, my desires, everything. You can, you can literally have it all. And that's, that can be a scary, a scary thing when you don't know who he is. But the better you get to know him, you realize that his best for me is going to be way better than, than mine. Being willing to give up my dreams, my desires, my wants, all of that stuff. It's submitting my, my will to Him, and it becomes easier the more I know Him. You know, we're singing, when I, when I lock eyes with you, I can see my reflection. When I lock eyes with you, and, and Jesus was reminding me is that it, it's time for us to live that way, with my eyes locked with His. It's, it's a heart posture of intimacy. Practically, what's it look like? It looks like me living it daily, in those alone moments with him. And, and I realized that when I, the most important place I can look is in his eyes. Because the two most important things I can know are, are who he is and who I am. And when I look in his eyes, I'm going to see who he is. And through that, I'm going to see who I am. And I can live like that. That's exciting to me. 
I don't have to live focused on the things that, that can still mess me up at times and distract me and stress me out if I let them. <laughs> it's good. And so I want to I talk to you some more today about what it, what it looks like to live a lifestyle of revival. We, we've, for five weeks now or five sessions now, I've talked about what what revival is, and, and revival has been events since the day of Pentecost. Revival has been events over the course of history, and we celebrate all those events. But I personally believe that those events were never meant, never meant to stop, for one. But how, do, how does a revival never stop? It becomes, it becomes a lifestyle to the people that, live, that are experiencing God in that moment. It wasn't just good experiences. But it actually showed me the way that I was, I was destined and created for. Because every Christian was created to live a lifestyle of revival. There's, there's one standard for Christianity. It's, and, and there's no, I declare there's no shame, no condemnation for anybody that's not living in this lifestyle right now. But today's going to be an invitation to us. Today's going to be an invitation. And Jesus is constantly giving us an invitation into a lifestyle that he made possible through his grace. We call it a, a revival culture. And the culture that I carry in me will be the culture that I create around me. I can look around me and find out the culture that I have on the inside of me. If I, if I need a measuring stick, what's, what's around me? I can do two things. I can, I can look to me and see what kind of culture is in me, what's around me. Or I can begin to blame the people that are around me and say, oh, it's because of these people that my atmosphere is like this, or my house is like this, or my workplace is like this. <clears throat> when, when people don't teach me that I'm powerful, well, that I'm a powerful person, then I'll blame others and become a victim of, of them, right? And I was uh, excellent. I excelled at being a victim. <laughs> <I was, laughs> I'm telling you, whatever I've done in life, I've done it all full throttle. Like, I'm... <laughs> Living for the devil, I'm full throttle. Living for Jesus, I'm full throttle. Right? All this, it's just the way I'm wired. I just, <laughs> I, I, I've, I've hated it and now I love it. But it, it's, I'm, I'm not a victim to my environment. I'm, I'm a powerful person in, in the, I will create the culture around me that's in me when I know that I was created to be a thermostat and not a thermometer. That I set the atmosphere and not take the temperature of it. Right? Th thermometers take the temperature, right? Whatever, they're taking the temperature of that particular atmosphere, that body. The thermostat sets the temperature. And it says, this is what the temperature will be. No matter whether you like it or not, no matter if you agree with it or not, if it's not your temperature preference, <laughs> it just does what it's programmed to do. <laughs> God is reprogramming us. To be thermostats in our environment. Because he's teaching us that we're powerful people. The Spirit of God, the revival culture was birthed on the inside of us the moment that we said yes to Jesus. And then there's things that we learn along the way as we realize that we have the mind of Christ. And our mind begins to be transformed. We actually begin to think with that mind of Christ. We begin to see things differently as we begin to see ourselves differently through the eyes of the one that we were created to live with our eyes locked with. There's no better practice for that than, than worship for me, right? It's just like, 
just face to face with him. No agenda, just hanging out with him. Whoo, my gosh, he's good. I've found out that there's, there's things that get in the way of us living a lifestyle of revival. And I believe that the, the biggest obstacle to Christians is, is disappointments. Every single one of us have faced and will face more disappointments. I'm not prophesying bad things or declaring negative things over your life. I'm just saying that we live in a world where disappointments take place. It, it will happen. It, I don't have to, to try to make it happen. It doesn't mean I'm setting myself up to do it. It doesn't mean I'm doing anything wrong. <clears throat> I've been going in the right direction with Jesus now for some years, and I still faced lots of disappointment. And so I want you to turn in your Bibles to 1 Kings chapter 17. 1 Kings chapter 17, I'm going to start in verse 8. I'm going to read a story about Elijah. I, I I love the Old Testament. I love the Old Testament because it's a prophetic picture of, of what's to, to be in the new. And then I also see some of the things they did in the Old Testament. And I'm like, now we live under a better covenant than they did. And they did that. I'm like, yes, come on. <laughs> oh, so I want to, I felt like Jesus said, as we're continuing on this series, is that we're going to get rid of disappointment to end this year. So that we can start this one stronger than, than we did the last one. I know this year's been weird, wild, and good for some people. Uh, it's been all those for me. It's been, it may be the best year of, this may sound super weird to some of y'all, but it, it's been the best year of our lives, really. It's crazy. I graduated from ministry school this year in May, had to I got robbed out of a out of a, a in person graduation at, at Global, but I still got one, you know, and it was it was it was amazing. Well, sold a house. I'd never sold a house before. I sold a lot of things in my life, but I'd never sold a house. <laughs> you all immediately went to, to bad things. <laughs> I was talking about cars, headphones, right, furniture. Facebook Marketplace, 48 hours, our house sold. I don't, we don't take credit for that. Jesus made it possible. Full cash offer, right? That's, a, that's amazing. We, we're building our house as, as being wrapped up, will be done before the end of the year that's being built. It's been a great year. And then, and then in the middle of all that, there's been tons of challenges. Too numerous to, to state them all in the time that I have. But I, I like to focus on the, on the good things. Not that I overlook. I'm not oblivious. I'm not living. I am living with my head in the clouds and my feet on the ground. But not in the way that some people say, you're just oblivious to bad things happening. No, I choose not to focus on them. Because <laughs> it's not helping me. And you don't want a pastor who focuses on those things. I promise you that. We're not very little laughing and a lot less fun. (laughs) 
<laughs> Whew, okay. Verse 8, 1 Kings 17. You guys ready to get rid of some disappointment? I got some too. Don't think because I'm laughing. I, there's no problems in life. <laughs> 1 Kings 17. Verse 8, then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, this is Elijah, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he arose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, indeed a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, Please bring me a little water and a cup that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, Please, bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. Doesn't sound like much bread, but it must have been enough. Verse 12. So she said, As the Lord lives, I do not have bread. Only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. And see, I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die. Bleak outlook on life, right? And Elijah said to her, Do not fear, go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me, and afterward make some for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, The bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. Verse 15, So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah. And she and her household ate for many days. The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. Now I want you, I want to read another verse, and then I want to, from Proverbs 13, 12, and then I want to go back into 1 Kings 17. Proverbs 13, 12, some of you know this, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when the desire comes, it's a tree of life. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when a desire comes, it is a tree of life. Of life. <clears throat> I've come to the conclusion that the widow had faced disappointments in her life. I could conclude from the story because she's a widow, it's because she lost her husband and she was left with two sons. And in that time when she was left with two sons as a widow, she's not able to work. She has no way to earn money. And so she literally has what's in her house left. And what made sense to her was that I'm going to take what I've got left. We're going to eat it. And then, because we don't have anything else, we're going to starve to death. Now, it appears like the boys weren't old enough to work. Otherwise, they wouldn't be in this situation. Right? But because of the disappointment in her life, I want you to see what disappointment does. And I believe that I can point it out through her. And, and if you've got some disappointment, you'll be able to relate to it. Because it does a couple things to us. And one of the main things it does is that it shifts our focus to focus on things that we were never created to focus on. doesn't mean we weren't created to deal with them. It means we weren't, we weren't created to, to feed on them. Disappointment is an unlawful meal for that of a Christian. I cannot be fed properly and nourished properly by disappointment. It will lead me into, into these places. And so look at what she says. 
when, when Elijah's like, oh, by the way, could you grab me some food too? Because he's, you know, he's, he's thirsty and then he's reminded that he's hungry. And she says this, as the, as the Lord lives, she wants to make sure that you believe what I'm talking about. As the Lord lives, I do not have, I do not have bread and I only have a handful of flour and a little oil in a jar. And see, I am gathering sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. I propose to you that disappointment focuses in on what we do not have. And then it undervalues what we do have. All because we have lost something or didn't get what we wanted. I believe that it, it undervalues what we do because of when, when I focus on disappointment, it clouds my vision for the things that I currently have in my life. The people, the relationship that I have with Jesus, it's, I don't believe it's intentional. I believe this is just what happens when I nourish myself with something I wasn't created to feast on. So she says, I don't have, her focus is what I immediately, the first thing that comes to her mind is what she doesn't have. And what it does is it detaches us from faith for the future. Because she, she's dealing with a prophet of God. Faith for the future would have said, if he says, get it, then there must be a way. But when I focus on disappointment, what happens is, is I immediately, my attention goes to what's in the natural. Now, for those of us that have learned to feed on the testimony of the goodness of God, once I have seen a miracle in any area of my life, even if it's me looking in the mirror in the morning and I'm still alive, that's a miracle for some of us. A financial miracle, a healing somebody getting free, what, whatever it is. I actually lose the right to look through any other lens but through the lens of the testimony. It doesn't mean it's not possible for me to do because I can't tell you how many times when, when we needed finances, immediately what happens? Open up my, my phone and look at my bank app. When I, when I do that, that seems practical, but when it's my first thought, what happens is, is I'm tied to the natural world more than I am in the realm of faith. Because I know that God's my provider, and I've watched Him provide for Lindsay and I so many times, I, I don't have time to share all the testimonies of finances with you and provision. And so I should be looking through the lens of the testimony. I'm not sure if this woman had any quote-unquote miracles that we may deem miracles that happened in her life, but she's got, right? She's got us. I'm sorry, she had one, one son, my son. She had one son. She, she's got a son, which the Bible clearly states is, is a gift from, from the Lord. And so she has a tangible, touchable miracle for her to look at. But it appears that she's so wrecked with disappointment, she can only focus on what she doesn't have. And then she says, 
and I only have a little bit. All right, I only got a little bit of flour, only got a little bit of oil. And so undervaluing the things that I currently have in my life through the lens of, it happens through the lens of disappointment because I've lost sight of how valuable they actually are. It can cause me to, to undervalue the relationships that I have in my life that were, that were forged for moments like this. But what disappointment does is it can, it can cause me to be introverted and try to be self-sufficient again. Because I think that if I've got disappointment, it could be because I've stiff-armed God now. And I say, well, God didn't do this, or God took this, or God didn't provide in this way. And my prayer didn't get answered. So what happens when my attention and my focus isn't on him and I don't trust him any longer. I go back to doing what carnal nature taught me to do. What the world taught me to do. Trust only me. I become selfish again. Self-centered. Maybe not intentionally. But I, I, I won't. I, so then the relationships that I have that were meant to help me through this moment. I won't even share my stuff with them because I'm afraid. I'm afraid and all I can see is what I, I, I in the, and, and what can happen is that I think that those relationships, because the other things that were supposed to help me maybe didn't seem to, then I begin to look at the relationships and say, how will that help me? How will they help me? You can't help me through this. You haven't been through. Begin the only, the only me syndrome. Elijah had that, right? I'm the only prophet that hasn't bowed my knee to Baal. God reminded him, he's like, I've got uh, hundreds more, by the way. <laughs> so get up out of this cave and go. <clears throat> I love how God will not even, <laughs> sometimes, have you ever asked, said something, made a statement, you know, you're throwing a pity party. I'm sure none of you have ever done that, but I've thrown a few. And have you ever thrown a pity party <laughs> And uh, for anybody online? And, and he doesn't even address the thing you were talking to him about. You're like, I've been complaining for like 15 or 20 minutes about this, and you didn't even, and he speaks something totally different to you. You know why? It's not that he doesn't care about what you're going through. He knows how to shift our focus. Look, look what Elijah does. She, she says, I only have. I'm gathering a couple of sticks, and I'm going to go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. And Elijah says to her, do not fear. Go and do as I have said. Do not fear. Go and do as I have said. Make a small cake from it first and bring it to me afterward. Make some for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain <clears throat> on the earth. The first thing I have to face is the fear that I have that something like my disappointment will happen again. You and I weren't created to live in fear. It's why stress kills more people than anything else. Stress stems from fear. And when I live in fear, I'm constantly in this, this state of fight or flight. I lived like that for years as a paranoid schizophrenic. Like constantly in this state of, of fight or flight. I don't know what to do. Right? 
If you're living in a place of fear right now, it's, it's okay. I want to offer you a solution and let you know that all of us in the room can relate because fear is not uncommon to any person that's breathing. <laughs> We've all faced it. And we'll all continue to have an opportunity to face it. But we're, we're not going to continue to be powerless to something that's defeated at the cross. Right? Perfect love drives out fear because fear involves torment. Fear torments us with the things that might not, maybe not, probably won't happen for you. Or it's going to happen, it's going to happen this way again. It becomes the constant expectation of bad coming my way. It's dread. All right? And so I face that when I'm in disappointment. And it's a very real place, and I know what it feels like. I mean, in a ministry where we, the staple of, of what we do is what Jesus demonstrated in the earth. And so we have many, many times attempted, in good faith, the works of Jesus and not had them turn out the way that we hoped. Healing, for instance, or, or prophecy, the prophetic, hearing God. I've missed God and on things. I remember in 2009, I was just learning to hear God, hear God's voice. We were all created to hear God's voice. and I wanted something really bad. And because I wanted it really bad, I heard according to my desire. And I thought I heard God. In my immaturity, I just thought it was God's voice because sometimes it sounds a lot like mine. All right, just, just practical. And what happened was, is that thing that I wanted, I didn't get. And I thought that God had lied to me. I was just a couple years old in Jesus, and I just didn't know any better. I didn't know that I'd heard me according to my own desire, according to what I really wanted. You ever went into prayer and you asked for an answer and you only wanted, there's only one answer you wanted, <laughs> right? And some of you in the room, if you've done that before, you've probably heard God according to that answer, according to your own soulish, selfish, or even good-natured desire. It may have been a selfless thing. It may not have been selfish. And so I remember after that not happening, I was terrified to give prophetic words to people. I thought I couldn't hear God anymore. And I thought of anything I did here, I was afraid to say anything because I thought I was wrong. Back then, I didn't know how to frame a prophetic word in a healthy way either, which didn't help. But I'm just giving you an example. I know what it feels like. And so I had to work through the fear of that. Healing, not seeing somebody healed. And then the next time you go to pray for them, pray for someone else with something, with anything. It doesn't matter if you were praying for cancer that time and this time you're praying for an ankle. That, that thought goes through your mind. There can be a hesitancy there because there's a fear there that says, what if it doesn't happen this time? Faith says, what if it does? Because the mindset that says, what if it doesn't happen, is about me. The mindset says, what if it does happen, is about the person. What if I do hear God right for them? What if they do get healed? See, the, it's, a it's, just, it's a matter of perspective. 
And so God wants us to get rid of the disappointments that we've had over the course of this year. I know disappointment is a very, I know people, I talked about the, the blessing in, in my life, over our, our lives in the course of this year. And I could tell you testimonies for a long time of the things that God did this year for, for people around the world. But I could also tell you a lot of stories of people that are dealing with, that have lost jobs, that have lost family members, that have, are losing their church buildings, that are in horrible financial positions uh, overseas because of what's going on. I mean, you guys think that if it sent our nation into an uproar and, and affected us, think what it did to places like South Africa or Africa or Pakistan or we... <laughs> you think at least 20 or 30 times worse than this. In Brazil, where people are living on $200 places in Brazil, where people are living on $200 a month in service industry jobs, and that service industry job is gone. Right? So I can tell you those stories too. So I realize that there's lots of disappointment that we can, we can let go of. And so customarily, I'd wait to the end to get rid of this disappointment. But in Proverbs 13, 12, it says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when the desire comes, it's a tree of life. And so I want to get rid of the hope deferred, the hope, the desire that didn't come. I want to get rid of that disappointment first, and then I want to talk to you for about 10 more minutes and, and, and infuse you with hope. So that you, you can leave here and not just get rid of disappointment, but actually getting jacked up on hope too. Right? Because he, I believe the same thing that Steve Macklin says is that I believe the future will be better than the present and I have the power to help make it so. I will not shift culture around me if I do not have hope. I may do good things for people, but I will not bring lasting change without hope, which means I won't do it without Jesus. And so if you've got hope, or if you've got hope deferred, if you've got disappointment in your life, I want you to, to stand to your feet. Online, you can stay seated in your pajamas or whatever you're doing, in your car. Don't stand in your car. Come on, I got some disappointment to get rid of too. I'm already standing, so I get away with you thinking I'm not standing for a lot of things I give altar calls for. <laughs> but most, most all of them <laughs> I, am, I am standing for. One of the beautiful, one of the many beautiful things about Jesus is that when he invites us into a moment that says you can get rid of disappointment, he gives us the grace. He gives us the grace to let go of it. Jesus never tells us to do something he doesn't give us the grace to make possible. <laughs> that would just be mean, right? He's not like that. So you're not doing this today in this moment in your own strength. You're doing it through the grace of God that is empowering you to let go of something that you weren't created to hold on to. doesn't mean the pain's not real. doesn't mean you may not have to grieve the situation. doesn't mean you may not have to get some counsel or 
I'll walk through some stuff. But there's one major thing that needs to be done, and it's the disappointment has to. I have to break agreement with it. I have to. It's for our benefits, for our family's benefits, and also for generations to come. We're impacting nations for generations to come. And this, this thing, for some of you may be minor, some of you may be major, it's standing in the way. And we're not going to let that happen. Right? Come on. So right now, Jesus, we just thank you for the grace to let go of disappointment. We take it like seeds into our hand. Seeds or seeds, plural. <laughs> However much disappointment we got. Maybe two hands worth. And we let go of it. And we release it down into your grace. We break agreement with, I just want you to say this with me. In the name of Jesus, I break agreement with disappointment. I let go of it. And I come into agreement with the goodness of God. Thank you, Father. All right, you guys are good. So thank you, Father, right now for the peace of God coming in this moment. I thank you for love saturating every heart. I thank you for the pain uh, being healed. I thank you for <clears throat> whatever disappointment caused, you crashing in with your love in this moment and bringing restoration, bringing healing, bringing hope. Yeah, let hope be ignited in this moment. The hope that was lying dormant that wasn't able to rise because of disappointment, I thank you that disappointment will no longer stand in the way. And that if it comes again, we will know what to do with it. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. You all can, you all can be seated. I'm going to ignite you with a, a little, little bit of hope, if that's okay with you. Thanks for being brave and standing up. I want to read two, two verses to you. I want to give you a couple declarations to make this practical. Who feels better already? Anybody feel better already? I don't, a little bit? I lived in disappointment. Sometimes didn't even know it. Until the Holy Spirit brought to my attention. He's like, hey, let's do something about this. He's not worried ever, all right? But he's constantly giving us opportunity because he's good and he loves us. I'll let go of that disappointment. It brings me into a place that the, that the revival that's inside of me can actually be ignited in an even greater way than what it was before the disappointment. <clears throat> See, this is the way the kingdom works. I don't go back into just the same place I was. When I choose to let go of something like this, God upgrades us. He's always to the, right? In Isaiah 9 that we all heard during Christmas, he says, in the increase of his government, there'll be no end, right? Increase of his government and peace, there'll be no end. That shows us that God's will is always increase. That's good, isn't it? Come on. It's always increase. 
Doesn't matter what I feel like. Remember, your feelings don't care about your future, but they're a great indicator of what I believe. <laughs> yes. Colossians 2, verses 9 and 10 in the New Living Translation. It says, For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body, and Christ lives in you. What's that mean? Come on, this is what it means. Verse 10. So you are also, so you also are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. You live in Christ and Christ lives in you. Then what where's the fullness at? In us. <laughs> Come on. Okay, verse 10. So you also are complete through your union with Christ who is the head over every ruler and authority. You are, I am, complete in Christ. Why would I bring that up to ignite your hope? Because when I realize, when when I can focus again on the value of the relationship that I have with Jesus, I realize that He is enough. That the thing I lost or the thing that I didn't get or, or whatever it was that caused disappointment, though it may be painful and I am not minimizing it, I am saying, though, that Jesus is all that I need, period. He completes me. No relationship, not having kids, not having a bigger house, not having a better job, not having the new phone. None of that stuff can complete me. It can't. I've tried so many different things, but He is the only one that can fulfill me. Everything else is temporary. And then I'm going to look for something else. And then I'm all messed up again when I find out that it didn't fulfill me. And I go on to the next thing. And I find out that it didn't fulfill me either. So then I'm constantly going from disappointment to disappointment. But there is a way out of that lifestyle. And it's through this revelation of knowing that Jesus is all that I need. He completes me. He fulfills me. We say he's more than enough. Right? He's not just what I need. He's more than what I need. And when I am able to focus again and value the relationship that I have with Him, though I may desire other things that are good, better job, car that's functional, new phone, better house, all those things, having a family, having a spouse, having kids, all those things are good desires. And we can have wrong motives but they're not impure desires, right? When I realize that He fulfills me, all those things get put into proper perspective. And then, when I get those things, when the new car smell leaves, right? When that other smell comes when you do have the kid or kids, or when the all, you know, the all night, the 2, 3, 4 a.m. feedings happen, right? And you're sleep deprived and you're like, why did I ask for this? Right? Right? When, when your husband or your wife, you're like, I don't even know why. What, we don't, we're not, you know, when you're arguing and you're messed up. Those things won't, won't 
even though they can upset me if I allow them to, they won't, they won't wreck and ruin my day anymore. I won't be living in this constant state of emotional roller coaster because whatever that thing ex- is externally is, is messing me up. And I'll be able to live in a constant state of hope because he's the God of all hope and he lives inside me. And when I can see that, that he completes me, my hope is not anchored in those things that I have. It's anchored behind the mercy seat in the Holy of Holies. And when it's anchored there, it's immovable. That's how we can sing. We're, we're, un, we're unshakable. If I'm focusing on this natural realm, I am absolutely, I can be shaken by what's going on in the news, by what's not happening, by whatever. I won't go through the list of things that may or may not land for you. Trying to ignite your hope, not take you into a <laughs> something else. <laughs> I, won't, I won't lose hope in, in what I can see because my hope is anchored in where I, I can't see. That's how I'm, un, I'm unmovable and unshakable. I'm not saying it doesn't take time to get there, but I am telling you that if we can do it, you can. (laughs) Let's read this other verse and then I'll end with this. This is really good too. There's a whole lot of them that are good. I read you a whole books of the Bible that would ignite your hope, but I only have time for a couple verses. That's Colossians chapter 2, verse 9 and 10. In the New Living Translation, it's, it's good in all translations. If you don't have a revelation on that, just, just memor- write it down on a piece of paper. I know that seems very odd in almost 2021. Write it down on a piece of paper. Put it in your phone. Make it your screensaver. Right? Is that better? Memorize it. Meditate on it when you go to sleep at night, when you're in prayer. And then everything else that you've always thought fulfilled you or would complete you or all those hopes and dreams that you're like the destination disease, if I just get this, I'll be okay. All that will, will fade away. doesn't mean your dream, dreams will leave. doesn't mean your desires will leave. It means that you'll have right perspective on all of them and you won't be trying to get them. You won't be trying to get those things to fulfill you. You'll get those things to enjoy with Jesus. <clears throat> so meditate on Scripture. It's so powerful. It's how I transform my mind. Because there's things in our minds that oppose that, right? When the more I meditate on it, the more it becomes my, my reality. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. I'm going to read this out of the Passion Translation. I like it. It's been my go-to. You've probably had it said to you if you ever went through something that was horrible. <clears throat> Everyone th- I, I remember hear, hearing uh, um, someone say one time, that God can make scars look like finely carved crystal. Only He can do that. And then, you know, Romans 8.28 comes into the picture because it's true. So it says out of the Passion Translation in this scripture, So we are convinced that every detail of our lives is continually woven together to fit into God's perfect plan of our bringing good, of bringing good into our lives. For we are his lovers who have been called to fulfill his designed purpose. Let's read it again. So we are convinced that every detail of our lives is continually woven together 
to fit into God's perfect plan of bringing good into our lives. For we are his lovers who have been called to fulfill the designed purpose. All things work together for good to those who love God, who have been called according to his purpose. Some of you like that one better, New King James, NASB, whatever. Those are some of my favorites too. Why do all things work together for good? For me? Maybe a little. But what's it really about? It's what we're talking about. It's revival lifestyle. God's working all things together in your life. Whether you see it or not, God is at work constantly. It is impossible for Him to stop working. He's, he's set things in motions from prayers that you've prayed years ago. Some of you that your parents and grandparents have prayed for you. And it's chasing you down in a real good way. Surely, mercy and goodness shall follow me all the days of my life. Right? <laughs> if I want anybody following me, right, it's going to be goodness and mercy. He's He's chasing us down with His goodness. He delights in being able to show us that He's a good Father. Why? You and I were created to leave a mark on the world for Jesus. You and I were created to impact and change culture around us. From the culture of the world to kingdom culture. I love this other declaration that I've been making, we've been making. My current challenges and frustrations are my training ground for the greater influence I will have in the future. Your influencers, maybe not in the social media term of influencer, but you're an influencer. Whether you're influencing one, you're influencing thousands. Not one's more important than the other. And how's that going to happen? I remain in hope. You're powerful people. Hope lives on the inside of you. Revival culture is in there. Jesus has already made you whole. You have the mind of Christ. The love of the Father has been poured out in your heart by the Holy Spirit. In Romans 5.5. You've got the love, you've got the peace, you've got the joy that you need. All those things get ignited when I allow hope to rise on the inside of me because I focus on the things that God has done. There's so much to be tapped into on the inside of every single person that's watching every single person that's in this room. I believe that God is shifting our perspective to show us what we do have to be able to properly value the impact that we are already making and the impact that we are going to make. And the impact that some of us made during this year that we didn't even realize was being made because we were frustrated and stressed out and afraid. Guess what? None of that stuff stops. You from being anointed. <laughs> I make this declaration is that I'm anointed even when I don't feel like it. 
everywhere you go, Naomi put it on, on, on Wednesday night. She was talking about the, the sonic boom that's released of light. Every step that a Christian takes, every time we worship, every time you open your mouth. You don't have to be talking about Jesus. When you're having normal conversation, you're releasing light. The anointing is invading the space that you're in. The presence of God is impacting people that you are around. The love of God is leaking from you everywhere that you go. <laughs> it's impossible for it not to happen. Right? There are things that are, are, are seemingly happening on accident through your life because you're in relationship with Jesus. <laughs> because He's already completed you. I don't have to feel like it's happened. It's happened. When I begin to believe it, I'll begin to feel like it. There's so much goodness, so much power, so much love on the inside of every single one of us that in this coming year, it would be impossible for the world not to change around us. God's igniting hope all over. I believe there's a hope revival that's happening across the earth inside of believers. That God is, is bringing a revival of hope. You say, what about signs, wonders, and miracles? Those things just happen when I have hope. They follow us. Come on. All right. You guys want to stand with me? I want you to make a couple declarations with me. I want to pose this question that I, I asked five sessions ago. And it was this, how do you want to end this year? Regardless of how it started, regardless of what it's been up through almost the end of month 12, how do I want to end this year? I get to choose. I get to choose how I end this year. I don't know about you, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end it passionately in love with Jesus. More on fire for Him than I started it. More full of hope. We've got what we need to do this. We have everything that we need. You've got people around you that will help you if you'll ask. Right? Who do I want to hang out with? I know I said evil company corrupts good character, but you know what? Hope-filled hope people are contagious. <laughs> it will also impact any kind of character and bring it into godly character if the person that's being impacted will allow it to happen. It's the most powerful force on the earth besides love. Faith, hope, and love, right? It's good. It's good. All right. I want you to make this declaration with me, if you will. We'll wrap this up. We'll have some folks up here to pray for you if you need it. Say this, I believe the future will be better than the present 
And I have the power to help make it so. I believe 2021 will be better than 2020. And I have the power to help make it so. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. Father, I thank you for every person. I thank you for for even the struggles, the frustrations, and and the stresses that we went through this year that have been our our training ground for greater influence that you have set us up for. I thank you that you do work all things together for good, for, for our influencing the people that are around us and the people that we will influence, influence in the future. All those things that have happened this year, I thank you that they have made it possible for us to be able to contain and pour more of your love, more of your hope, more of your goodness out on the world around us. Thank you, Jesus. The God of all hope, I thank you. Would you ignite more hope for every person that's watching, every person that's in the room? Would you fill them with the truth that they need that will ignite their hope? The revelation that they need, the declaration that they need to make, the scripture that they need to meditate on. The the new... Uh, alone time schedule with you, whatever it is, all of that stuff combined. I pray that you'd give us the practical principles that we need to go higher and higher and higher in hope until we see everything in our lives from your perspective. We're able to release this hope into the world around us. We're able to destroy the stronghold of hopelessness that's bound way too many around us. We thank you that that you've given us the answer, that you've given us the key to unlock the hopelessness. I bless every family that's represented. I pray that this coming year would be a year of reconciliation in relationships. That wounds would be healed. Proper boundaries would be set but there would be reconciliation that would take place. (laughs) Oh, thank you, Father. I just release over over Dale and Deanna right now that have come visit us, our friends from Colorado. I I just, I I declare that this coming year is a year of harvest for you. (laughs) That that sowing and, and reaping and not seeing we're, we're the byproduct this year for whatever reason of, of a lot of hard work that you put in. But I feel like that the Father's faithfulness is something that you saw in ways that you'd never seen before. And, and because of your holding on <laughs> in the midst of all of it and actually growing, I feel like you guys have grown more this year than you ever have before. I feel like that, that I can just feel the, the, the goodness of God radiating from you. Uh, and your family. And I just, uh, I feel like because you've done that, that there is, there's going to be an explosion. I just felt like even the sonic boom that, that Naomi talked about on Wednesday night at our candlelight service, I saw it radiating from your house and from your pop- property. I felt like it was, it was tilling soil. I felt like it was, it was bringing, I felt like there was just this picture of, of, of perfect ground 
to, to bring about healthy crops. Now, I don't know if that's literal or just figurative, but I felt like that you guys are going to get to reap the benefits of things that you have sown years for. <laughs> and I felt like I could hear the Father saying, don't, don't worry, don't, don't worry, don't worry, I've, I've got this. I felt like it's been the theme that He's talked about this year for you. Like He just wanted to, to remind you that even moving forward in the goodness and an increase that He's still got you. <laughs> You're still going to continue to go deep with Him. You're still going to continue to grow in Him. But now it's time for influence to increase. So we bless them. We bless their family. We bless their land, Father. We thank You for them being faithful friends from a distance. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Yeah. For every person right now, Lord, online here, hope I can say this for everybody. We choose. We choose to allow you to fulfill us and complete us. We choose to allow you to. And all the things that, that we've been trying to fulfill ourselves with, we pray that they would take a back seat to this one truth and that we'd end the year knowing this, that it would go down to the foundation of who we are, that we would be unmovable when it comes to this, and that our hope would be anchored there with you, the mercy seat behind the veil in the Holy of Holies. Thank you, Father. We just worship you. We worship you right now for no other reason than except that you're, you're good. You're good, you're good, you're good. We worship you. In Jesus' name. And because he's an experiential God, I just want you to hold your hands out like you were receiving a gift. We call this... Uh, Assuming the position. <laughs> Hold your hands out like you're receiving a gift, if you would. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. 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 Yeah, come. To come upon every person with peace, with love with joy, whatever they need. Maybe a combo meal of all of the above. Yeah. Come, Lord, come, come. Thank you. Love, come. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for what you're doing right now around the room. Thank you for allowing people to experience you. Thank you for your presence upon people that don't customarily feel it in the way that they are right now. Thank you. Thank you. Some of you, I feel like you you feel fire on your body. Some of you are going to feel different things. Wind blow, cool, heat in your hands. I feel like he's distributing some things right now as you're experiencing him. Things that you need for the greater influence. Thank you, Father. I just say more, God, upon every person. More, 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 more. Thank you. Let every experience with you cause us to fall more in love with you.
every experience with you. Let it cause us to fall more in love with you. Every, everyone, everyone, everyone. Only one. You're the only one. You're the only one we need. <laughs> oh, yes, God. Oh, yes, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Just another moment or two. I know we live in a world where we're always in a rush. I don't want to miss this moment with him. Would you come a little bit stronger? Let us experience you a little bit more. Every person. Yeah, thank you for fire right now. Igniting passion. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for peace. Destroying chaos that's been around minds. Thank you for peace. Destroying chaos that's been around people's minds. Peace. That's that shalom. He's releasing it in the room. He's releasing it in where you're watching, in your living room, in your house, in your car. He's releasing it. Thank you, Father. like there's some situations in the room you're waiting for God to, to invade. And I, I felt like I heard the Father say, ready or not, here I come. Ready or not, here I come. He's invading. He's breaking through into situations. Thank you, Father. I bless what you're doing right now. Yeah. Let it overwhelm them in the way that's good. Let your love overwhelm them. Thank you, Father. If you're feeling heat, feeling something in your body, on your hands, on your head, just want you to raise your hands up for a moment. Just raise your hands up for a moment. Thank you. I bless what you're doing, every one of them. I bless, bless, bless. Bless what you're doing. Thank you, Jesus. More, God. More, 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 more. Thank you. Increase. Let it never stop. Let it never stop. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you. I'm going to have prayer people up here if they're able to. If you all can make your way. If you all can make your way up to the front. <laughs> Stagger, stumble, whatever you need to do to get up here. Just glad you're here. If you guys need prayer, please, anything, don't leave before you get it. If you need prayer for somebody you know that's struggling or got any issue, you want somebody to partner with you, come on. We got people that want to pray and prophesy into your situation. Want to love on you. If you need healing, please don't leave before you get it. He's here. He wants to heal you. He absolutely wants to heal you. For you online, we bless you guys. We thank you for being faithful from a distance. We, we miss you. Bless every one of you and what God's doing in your families right now. We say more, God. More, more, more. Over little 
Levi right now. We just release healing for him in the name of Jesus. We thank you for closing the hole up in his heart. We thank you right now for full oxygen in his lungs. We thank you for perfect blood flow. We thank you, Father, for peace upon uh, the parents and the whole family. We thank you, Father, right now. Peace, peace, peace. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Thank you for holding Levi, Jesus, and taking care of all this. In Jesus' name. Love you guys. Hope you have an amazing day. Thanks for listening to Revive the World Ministries podcast. Join us each week for another message and listen to past messages by visiting us online at revivetheworld.us.